0: LifeWay Leadership Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the 5 Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, And today, I'm here with Chandler Benoy. Hey, hey. And we have... Your setup, man, is phenomenal. We can actually see the other guests. We can, because we have two guests. And uh, I am still um, sequestered to my guest room. And... um, I have a little bit of a lag, especially because it's raining today. That shouldn't affect it, but that's the only excuse I can do. We have a lag today. We've we've interviewed a couple of guests, and I want to make sure that we don't talk over each other because we have two guests today uh, that we want to make sure we hear from. So, uh, first and foremost, we have, I shouldn't say first and foremost. Now, now I've built that up too much. Like, now (laughs) the other person may feel bad. It's just not good. I'm not starting off well, Chandler. Chandler, pick a number. You can, you can bring it back. Two. Two. All right. Today we have Zach Workin uh, here with us, and uh, he is LifeWay's student ministry specialist. He's also the co-founder of Youth Ministry Boosters, 15 minute. of uh, 15 minutes. Fifteen years. (laughs) It's a a wide range. Actual church, uh, (laughs) ongoing student ministry. Move the game. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) this is going to be great. I love it. Um, We also have on the podcast today uh, Ben Trueblood. Uh, Ben is over all of studentness at Lifeway, whether it be events, camps curriculum, whatever. Um, But a couple of books I would really highly suggest that you uh, pick up. Within Reach, The Power of Small Changes in Keeping Students Connected and Student Ministry That Matters, Um, Three Elements of a Healthy Student Ministry. Uh, Also going back to uh, 2019 as well, uh, A Different Kind of College Experience, Following Christ in College, all of these things, the reason why I say you pick them up, yeah, I'll talk about people's books occasionally, but here's the deal. You guys know that I say, in God we trust, everybody else bring data, and these books are based on research. And so it's really important to understand uh, where students are today and to have up-to-date research, not you know something that was done a long, long time ago. So... Uh, with all that being said, we're very ha- happy to have them on today. And what we're trying to do today is talk about student ministry specifically uh, in the times that we find ourselves in in the midst of COVID. We understand that churches are all across uh, the U.S., all across the planet. Everybody's got different guidelines, different rules. Uh, and even within that, people are making you know one choice or the other. And Really smart people come down on both sides of of nearly every uh, issue and every problem. So what we want to do today is talk to these guys because they are tapped in to a huge community of student pastors through Youth Ministry Booster. And so that is that whole community um, is, you know, asking each other questions, uh, looking to them for guidance as well. So we want to hear from them today. Chandler, is there anything else you would add to that very long intro?
1: You did great, Todd. You did phenomenal.
0: All Zach, right. Ben, how you guys doing today? Doing great, man.
2: Doing really well. We appreciate uh, the hangout time with you guys. It's good.
1: Yeah. Well, Ben, I know you are a big St. Louis Cardinals fan, and I'm a big Braves fan. Baseball's back. Has is, is that made your week a lot better?
2: Dude, I'm telling you, it has, it has made my month a lot better. Like, not <laughs> right. just – not just the week like i know there are people that are like baseball whatever but for me like it is the it is the sport that i follow and watch more than any others huge cardinals fan and i'm i just i watched their opening night game and i've watched everyone but last night so far so and it's man it's just so good it's one of those like heart things it's just like uh this feels nice it yeah. was weird without it
0: for sure. I'm going to a Cubs game tonight. It's ten. <laughs> nice. It's ten u baseball. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um, but it's. I would also say that's been the highlight of our summer because it's like normalcy. Um, yeah. And you know everybody's there. It's outdoors. Nobody's wearing a mask. Uh, and it's it's a beautiful a beautiful experience. I will tell you this. Um. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast and I'm not usually a celebrity uh, stalker kind of person or or anything like that. And I didn't even know who this guy was. My wife had to tell me. But um, our son plays with uh, Luke Bryan's son um, for a couple of years now. And so it's just really odd. His son stroked one over the over the fence in tenuous. Wow! And I thought he was going to come undone. It was it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> just kicking the dust, out, man. That's it. I was, I it. was yeah. sitting next to him, and I got a high five, and I didn't think uh, for a second about uh, getting COVID. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. That's your kind <laughs> of night. Highlight, highlight, that's, that's, it, it. that's
1: it. Well, let's hop in here. Uh, Why we're all here on the podcast? Uh, we have you two, just as Todd was mentioning. You guys are locked into what student pastors are are navigating right now, what student ministries are doing. And let's just get started by what are some of the stories you guys are hearing about how student pastors are responding to this COVID situation and disruption?
3: I would just offer, I think this has been a really fascinating season. Uh, to see youth ministers uh, enforced innovation. I I think that's one of the things about youth ministry that's always been kind of a hallmark is that they were always kind of the leading edge or creative edge. And I think in the last couple of years, youth ministry became, how do we do what we've always done really well or really efficient? Or how do we make what we're doing really effective? And kind of the playbook was like all thrown out this summer. And so one of the things that I love is seeing youth ministers like rediscover what youth ministry could be and some of that's brand new and had never been thought before. And it's utilizing tools they've never tried before. And then other things are like getting back to like a lot of the really relational roots of what youth ministry is, whether that's like phone calls to parents or like door deliveries and door stop stoop, encouragement, leave a gift for your seniors. And so I think there's, there's really kind of this nice tension of like things that we didn't even think it could be utilizing tools we didn't even know existed. And yet Yet at the same time, it's some of the most fundamental elements of relational mentoring discipleship. And so kind of in a broad stroke, I think it's really interesting to see those kind of things pop up because I think for the longest time, or maybe the last three, five years, we've just really tried to get good at the thing that we've always been doing.
2: Yeah, I'd be really sim- similar similar in, in terms of student ministry kind of returning to this relational focused ministry. Todd, you served in student ministry for a long time. Like I think we would all say that student ministries. Kind of always been known as a relational ministry. And if you don't do it that way, then you're gonna be at a deficit. But I think kind of what's happened a little bit is that student ministry has been maybe about faux relationships. And like just because I say hey to a lot of people and I'm around a lot of people, I don't necessarily have the depth of relationship. And I think this moment has revealed the depths of relationships that leaders have, that small group leaders have, that, uh, that pastors have. And so I think it's shining a, a needed spotlight on that. And it's kind of calling this return to engagement as a metric to watch, not merely just how many people am I around, but how many people am I deeply connected with? Yeah. And it, the good thing about it is it's also provided the space for that to be able to happen because some of the other responsibilities have been that's right. That's right. taken off the table in this moment.
3: That's right. You don't have to outdo last week's program because for many weeks there was no program to outdo. It was just what can we even try to figure out to make happen this week? And I think that's one of the things like like the obstacle was the way, right? Like the, like the barrier of trying to get Wednesday night ready kept them from being as deeply relational as they kind of hoped to be with parents, with leaders, with students.
1: Hmm. You know, this whole... Started in March, led up to the summer. That's normally the student camp push. That's right? it, man. That's, <laughs> that's,
3: that's you <laughs> what guys I mean? were talking about baseball season earlier, man. Like youth ministry <laughs> lost its season, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know, for, for Lifeway, I mean, we we were unable to to have most of our camps yeah. for, for and for student ministries. That was where they would take students, and kind of was a, I mean, it was a formative time in students' lives, and and it was like we said, it's the big push for summer. What what are some of the th- creative ways that you're hearing for student ministries of, hey, we don't have our camp, but we're going to innovate here. Like, what are what are some of the stories you guys are hearing in that way? Some of it's delay.
3: I think there's a lot of folks that are even in this season planning a lot of back to school stuff. So maybe uh, if August was kind of a soft launch into fall, you know, hey, we're going to all have like a big Sunday brunch meal time together. Well, now like, August is like the back to school outdoor fest on a Saturday, Sunday, or maybe there's some kind of like fall retreat that got a really kind of like extended emphasis Uh, But I think for some folks, they found ways to do either kind of like socially distant day camps uh, or some things to take home. There were some virtual options for stuff. Uh, I think I think in a lot of ways, student ministers either tried to like do what they did with the tools they were allowed to use or found ways to reschedule it that really created some space in the calendar to to do some of the really small things, to do the the weekly emphasis, to do the encouraging Bible studies and prayer times. And so either it was like a delay strategy or it was some kind of like, how do we rearrange our day camp strategy? So we're connecting both like, you know, the hybrid of like online and offline tools in a way that's like responsible and safe. Yeah.
2: One of the things I've seen is uh, kind of like a miniaturizing of the event. So instead mm. of doing all grades together or all high school together, we're doing an outside, we're having just ninth graders, and then 10th graders. And so it creates kind of more events. But the good thing that, that, that's, that's happened with that is that going back to the relationships, it's provided an environment for just those groups of students to be together. And for those leaders and student pastors to be with a smaller group of students, in order to get to know them more. And so even that and how the restructuring of those camp or retreat type environments uh, has lent itself towards, man, I would have never, uh, I would have never been able to spend this amount of time with this particular group of students if if we had done camp as normal. Now, having said that, I'm a big fan of camp. I think we should do camp. I want people to do student life and Fuge camp. Like that would be great. Sign up for 2021. Right. But I think it has put a spotlight on, man, I, maybe I should look at some of the things we do from week to week in our normal programming to carve out time for me to be with smaller groups of students.
0: I, yeah, I think what one of the things this is probably revealed is if your ministry was all about hype, I really feel sorry for you because yeah. your people are going to be way stickier than your programming or your preaching or whatever you have going on. Um, the the people that uh, serve in that ministry, the volunteer leaders that um, are serving those kids and and building relationship with those kids as well as you, uh, student pastor or student leader, man, um, this is a pivotal. Time, don't you know, don't discount that. And yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna jump in on the camp thing because I would not, guys, I wouldn't be on this podcast today if it wasn't for camps. Yeah. I wouldn't, sure. Um, I may not even be alive, uh, because that's, <laughs> where, that's where it got turned around for me. Um, and we won't go into that story because of wow, it was, it, it would be a doozy. Um, uh, but I can tell you that if most of our listeners are honest with themselves, they could look back and say the same thing. Many yeah. of them had spiritual milestones in their life that they can point back to that happened at camp. There was something about getting away and that disconnect. And I know that that's not happening now. Uh, and this isn't a, we're not pitching uh, for this year, especially, but don't count out camp. Um, yeah. But use it as a very intentional time to draw your people closer together, uh, and don't just you know don't just cheat and rely on great programming.
1: Okay. Drop the mic. Well, let's let's go to the next question here, and it's it's less to do about camps, and it's more of, of the student pastor and the senior pastor relationship. What what are some things that student pastors wish senior pastors knew, just in general? But then we're gonna do a second part of this question. And then what, what do they wish they knew in light of COVID and everything that's happening?
2: So So it, it,
3: go ahead, Ben. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's what student pastors wish their senior pastor knew in light of COVID or just in general? Just in general. general Let's start there. Okay. Man, I I would say this, um, speaking as a former student pastor, I think one of the things I would say is I wish my senior pastor knew how much I wanted him to be invested in my life personally. Like more than I'm just your pastor, more than we hired you to go over here and do student ministry, so go kill it. But like, I actually want a relationship and want Mm -hmm. to be mentored and want, want that, like want to be in relationship with my senior pastor so that I can grow and so that I can be loyal and trust and cheerlead and support and all of those things that I know senior pastors want out of, out of their staff.
3: I I would echo that Ben and say that part of, part of what I wish uh, more senior pastors knew about their student pastor uh, was just some really clearly defined expectations for success. Uh, I think a lot of, of youth pastors and senior pastors don't have the honest conversation of like, what are we really trying to, accomplish here. I think both sometimes can be really working towards something that was never really spoken aloud. It's kind of an unspoken agreement that we're both going to work hard in ministry, but we're not going to always have a clear objective what we're trying to accomplish. And kind of tangent to that is the ways in which that can create margin for the youth pastor to try some things towards that success. I think a lot of times there are student pastors that want to try different things or to have the permission or the courage to experiment and do uh, with the like knowing covering the full relationship with their senior pastor that we're trying this in the name of reaching more families, which was our goal or our metric or our success kind of objective, which is why I think to take the like the addendum to the question why COVID could be a really exciting time because we all get to kind of reimagine what we were trying to do. Like it literally creates new conversation points because we're in a stage, we're in a situation that nobody knew what to do. And so whether you were seminary trained four years ago or 40 years ago, like we all kind of get to learn together. And so like the really, the only barrier is, are we having honest enough conversations about what we fear and what we're kind of like frustrated by, or also what we're trying to work towards as either success or failure. I think that's, That's, that's really what I think a student pastor wants a senior pastor to know, but it's really hard to like go to your boss and be like, tell me if I'm doing a good job because- (laughs) Like that conversation, if it doesn't happen in the beginning, is really weird to happen nine months in, right? Because if you're asking, you're probably not, but by the same token, like if I don't know, I don't know. So somebody please interrupt us so we can have the conversation about what's a good student ministry that fits in the vision of the church. And I get that like a student pastor who's savvy should know, but it's a really easy conversation to have if we commit to it. And so-
1: that is important to have that conversation. What's a win look like on the front end?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at every football game. Well, that's not actually what we wanted you to do. Wait, what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. In the midst of this unique season, Ministry Grid wants to help your church stay on the same page and maintain discipleship. Their hope is to help you continue to accomplish equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, even during social distancing. With Ministry Grid, you can train your volunteers on new or updated policies and procedures, resource your staff on newer, updated ministry structures and responsibilities, share digital access to Bible studies for groups and classes meeting online, and equip families in at-home discipleship. And here's the best news of all. Ministry Grid is offering a special offer just for our podcast listeners. To learn more about this offer, go to ministrygrid.com podcast to get unlimited access for $3.99 a year. This offer is only valid through October 31st at midnight. So make sure you sign up before the end of the month. Now, once again, just go to ministrygrid.com slash podcast to learn more. Now back to the podcast. For this COVID season, I mean, ch- churches overall are having to figure out how to go digital, how to get into social media space. Have you guys heard of any stories of like student pastors, their there's senior pastors coming to them and saying, Hey, how do we, how do we get on Instagram? How do we get on, how do we do social media better? Have you guys heard those stories? All of them. Like (laughs) there's no, like,
3: like, I I cannot tell you enough. Like this is the moment where like the joke about, Hey, I'm the staff guy under 30. I'm the staff person under 30. So I have to do everything that's happened in the last 30 years has like, 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 there are so many student pastors that signed on to do youth ministry that somehow now are like, like king or queen of YouTube and are having to like <laughs> edit videos on the Mac computer that we promised to buy a new one for you next year. But next year's new computer, is not coming? Like it's one of those, like, like they got all kind of lumped on them. And I think it's one of those, you get to do it because I don't know how to. And a lot of student pastors are like, I didn't know how to do it either.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I, just, I just Googled
3: it and figured it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I, no, I, I happen to Google better. So good luck. Yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah. That's <laughs> hilarious. So in light of that, though, um, in in light of this season, how does the student pastor lead up effectively to that senior pastor? Like from an approach, a posture perspective, how do they do that?
2: So I think one is how I would say the answer to this question in a non-COVID or COVID time, and that's really clear communication. So here's what I'm doing. Here's why I'm doing it. Here's what I hope and intend the outcome to be. I think those are things that pastors want to hear from their student pastors all the time. In addition to that, here's how this connects with and supports what you're trying to do with the with the overall church. I think all of those things are lead up moments, specifically now uh, with grace. And it depends on the relationship and how you can have, you have, you have to be a little Uh, emotionally and relationally aware to have this kind of conversation, but to be able to help your pastor connect with a virtual, in a virtual environment, I think is a way that student pastors can lead up. I mean, student pastors are, are engaged with the most digital people on the planet. Like they are, that is their week in and week out ministry target are the digital natives of our country. And in a lot of ways, we're not discovering new land. When COVID hit, all of our churches said, oh, we have to go and begin to do this and do church virtually. And when we got there, we realized, oh, this land has already been inhabited by everyone under 18 years old. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's, it's, it's constructing things in a land that's already been discovered. And the youth pastor, I think, can help their senior pastor engage better in a virtual environment because it is very like for those churches that said, okay, I'm going to preach the same exact way that I've always preached. I'm just going to do it to a camera instead of an audience. Have not been as successful in engaging people than if they say, okay, this is a, a virtual environment and I might need to adjust how I do things in order to connect through this specific medium.
3: Right. I mean, if you're if you're going to hire a translator, hire a translator. And I think for a lot of uh, folks on staff, like the the associate pastor, the youth pastor, that's either closer in age or closer in interest to what does it look like to curate or create digital media. Um, this this is not just about you know, a direct transference of like what we used to do, to do online. The thing that I would share is to echo what Ben is saying about communication, but I think the way in which a youth pastor can lead up is, is some of the humility that it takes of, I don't know. I I think, I think it is uh, a lot of youth pastors, maybe in a sense of, you know, feeling fretful about like their job or their work. Hey, I'm not having camp. I'll take on the online ministry instead of taking on camp is to be like, honest enough and aware enough to say, I don't know how to do that. I mean, we joked about it earlier of like kind of absorbing all the technology needs for the church, even if they don't have the bandwidth or the skill set to do it. But I think in a season of unknown, like the really courageous leadership posture is to say, I don't know. And Mm. I think in the right context, in the meetings of what are we going to do? How are we going to do this to not to, to speak when you do know, to offer what you could learn, but also say when you don't know. I think that's a really important I guess modeling from from like the from the, the floor up as opposed to waiting for the senior leader to, to model it first.
1: You know for not to turn this into just totally digital and social media type podcast, but you guys have seen how how student pastors and all student ministries across the nation are reaching digital natives. They, are, they were innovating before this happened. And even more so now they're innovating. How? What are some of the best practices or the most creative ways that you've seen student pastors and ministries utilize social media, digital spaces to go to where people are when they won't walk into their church, but they can go maybe to Instagram or different place like that?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll name a couple. I think student ministries that are utilizing and equipping teenagers to be the mouthpiece of these things are seeing much more effectiveness than if it's just me as the student pastor, as the talking head on everything that we do. Right. Uh, they're the natives, right? So they're the ones that we need to entrust to reach their peers. And doesn't that sound like what we try to do in student ministry all the time anyway? is we want to equip and disciple teenagers to reach the people that God has put them around. Well, well, part of that, COVID or not, part of that is helping a teenager understand the missional value of the world that they live in online. So an example that I always go to here is gamer kid who is online playing with playing video games with friends that they may know in real life and may not. To them, they're constructing what they believe is a real community of people. So as a student pastor, how do I equip that kid to be a missionary while they're playing some video game online? That's just one example. Locally, how do I equip teenagers to, again, be the mouthpiece of what's going on through social media? So it's not me all the time on my Instagram stories. It's not me all the time posting videos. But I turn that over. I turn that leadership and I turn that responsibility over to teenagers and allow them to speak the same language of the people that they're trying to reach.
3: That's right. Mm -hmm. We don't need to see any more 35 year old, like chubby white guys dance on TikTok. Like we need your students (laughs) utilizing the tool that they understand. Like that's the the first, the first, no, you you get, but again, this is what we like, we see a thing. Kids are there. We should be there too. But I think there's an element of this of like, are we leading or are we not, not like leading, like I go first, but leading in like preparing the ways in which these students will utilize and understand the tools better than us with the right kind of mindset. And I think that's one of the things things that uh, for, for the for the youth ministers that have like fully jumped on to we're gonna have online youth ministry. It's understanding each of the tools Uh, the platforms, the audiences for what it is, right? Like this is Zoom calls are not your chance to soapbox for 40 minutes while 14 kids stare at you through their webcam. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) wants to do that, right? Like that's why they're turning their webcams off or they're like turning it up to the ceiling because nobody wants to be preached at where they can be perfectly viewed the entire time. Zoom is Mm -hmm. for a chat, a conversation, a small group. Save your sermon for Instagram Live, like use Facebook to communicate with their parents. TikTok is funny. If you try to make it too serious, you're going to get laughed off the platform. And so finding, and it's, it's for, for what Ben shared about Twitch and gaming, like some of that content has to be filled with just playing the game and not just trying to like preach to the void. And I think there's a lot of things that we can do as the missional, uh, trainers, the missionary preparers for these young people to help them understand the ways in which they can impact culture and not just try to appropriate church into whatever platform they're on.
1: That's so practical and helpful. If you're listening to this and maybe, maybe you are a senior pastor, there are, there are things here you can do for your whole church. Uh, you, you might be a student pastor listening to this and you might be like, okay, we need to start. I've been the guy on our Instagram stories. I'm always the one there. There's there's a ton of practical learnings in that segment right there. So Zach and Ben, thank you guys so much for sharing that. And I'm sure there's so many different stories out there. So if you know of any, you know, just share them with others. So you guys both mentioned when one of those things that you wish that the senior pastor knew that the student pastor wanted to tell them was the mentoring relationship. And that absolutely is a, is a huge deal. What, what should the mentoring relationship actually look like between the senior pastor and student pastor? So this is probably an ideal scenario, but hopefully we can get there. What would you guys say that would look like?
3: So. I've uh, been working through a couple books recently uh, about leadership and self-deception, and I think one of the, the the phrases or languages that I would apply to this relationship is being able to see each other outside of the box. And so, in in ministry, this can be title, staff, or position. So he's my senior pastor. Oh, that's my youth guy. That's my associate pastor. I think it's fundamentally important, and this is not to try to add one more layer to somebody else's role. And this is something that we help develop as as kind of a tool for senior pastors and youth pastors. You have got to have whole person meetings with with your staff, especially your youth pastor who, who sees you, looks up to you, and maybe even one day has aspirations of pastoring, senior pastoring, in those kinds of like training sessions or mentoring roles and modes, there is a lot that cannot happen inside of a staff meeting. There is a lot that can happen in the honest conversations back and forth between a pastor who's been in it for 30 years and a pastor who's been in it for three years or less. Operate at that relational mode Access bandwidth. And I think that is the thing that will help them see that you're not just the person who's preaching on Sunday, but there's a lot of people that demand your time. Uh, help, help your senior pastor see that you are not just the silly person, but you've read some deep books and you have some big dreams and ideas for the ways in which student ministry can impact families and community. Like this is where some of those like success conversations can happen, even if it's outside of like the staff meeting setting. And so I think like the whole person, so you don't have to project what you wanted for somebody onto them without actually hearing from them for who they really are.
2: So I think as far as what that mentoring relationship looks like, I think it would be good. So, so if I'm a senior pastor and I've never been, so I'm walking on dangerous ground right here that there is a level of ignorance that I've never done it. So there it is. But if you think about the church staff, the pastor has the access to the major- to the most people in the church. The person on the staff team who has the second most access to people of the church is the student pastor. Because of the families, the connection to siblings, the connection to uh, to the parents and the teenagers themselves, the student pastor's voice is an important one in the church. And just because of that, I think that this, the senior pastor should be in some kind of deeper relationship. You know, you heard Zach talk about a, a whole person meeting, like not just talking about tasks and tactical, but where the senior pastor actually engages in how are you as a person? How are how is your family? How are things here in this community? What can I do to help you? And I think a common misconception here is that when a student pastor comes to a pastor and says, man, I want you to mentor me and I want you to pour into my life. The pastor, uh, the misunderstanding that takes place is that the student pastor doesn't understand how full the plate of the pastor is. And I think the other misunderstanding is the pastor sees, oh, they're asking me to mentor. So that means all of these things like this. It means all of this time and all of this tasks, And I just don't have the bandwidth to do that all of that. So I'm not going to do any of it. And the way that I would clear that misunderstanding up and what I've told student pastors before is, hey, you don't understand the role of your pastor. So have some grace there. And what I would ask of senior pastors is just to say, this is not something that that needs to take a majority of your time. One meeting a month that is purposeful and intentional can solve this problem and can develop a really special relationship there. Additionally, uh, giving the freedom for the student pastor to engage in development opportunities outside of the staff, outside of, so some might say go to a conference or have conference time or the the ability to go away and do that. Um, And one of the reasons we started youth ministry booster is for the price or less of a conference a student pastor can be involved in a developing community of student pastors year around. And so this is a way that a senior pastor can, yes, mentor personally, but also give some freedom to the youth pastor to be involved in a community of other youth pastors where they're going to be challenged to grow and develop as a leader and as a person. And if I'm a senior pastor, here's what I look at. If my student ministry is healthy, then that's going to lead to my church being healthy because of how many different intersections it has throughout the whole
1: church. That's so good. much there, I, so I, much there
0: to take away. I, I think one more thing, I, I just want to chime in and then Chandler, I'll, I'll let you um, close, close this down. But when a student pastor approaches you, I'm a exer, and then, you know, I've worked for alongside plenty of, plenty of, uh, boomers, not to make this a generational thing, but guys, seriously, when your student pastor comes to you, he's not asking for a dad. That's right. He's asking for development. Yeah. Uh, and that's a serious request and that's a serious responsibility that you have. And so don't dismiss it as, Oh, he needs me to be his dad. No, he needs you to develop him as a leader. Yeah, that's good.
1: Well, Ben, Zach, thank you guys for joining us. Hopefully, if you're listening, that this has been helpful. Maybe maybe you are a senior leader and you're like, hey, I need to, just as, as with COVID, there's a lot of things put on pause. Maybe you need to go, you need to reach out to your student pastor. Maybe you need to think through some of this and you you haven't really developed a game plan there. Maybe also, you know, social media conversations. There's a lot here that you can unpack and take away and put into practice. We do hope this has been helpful. If this has been helpful to you, head on over to iTunes so other leaders like yourself can find the podcast and we'll see you next time.